Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And it's time for... Dragon Week! Yeah, bro! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should be drinking like Bud Lights. It's like cheersing them. You for... know what's awesome? We did not practice that. We didn't actually, and it was right on it. That I should have rode with you. Rawr! There's something There's within each person that just dragons just get you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Dragon Week is here. Uh, it maybe it's a yearly occurring thing. Maybe, maybe it's a daily thing. Who knows? Daily. <laughs> well, well, but it is Dragon Week here on the Command Zone. That's We're right. inspired by, of course, Dragons of Tarkir and Shark Week. And Shark Week, <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point. Uh, so um, we're dedicating a whole a whole week of our podcast to dragons, um, which means actually we're just doing two shows this week instead of one. Yeah, you guys are going to get two shows. Yeah, uh, what's happened is that Jimmy and I have each built a dragon deck, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about one on today's show and one on this Thursday sh- show. So yeah. we're going to have a Thursday show. Yeah, it's the first time we've ever released two shows in a row like this where we're sort of splitting it into two. Let us know if you guys like this format. So the shows themselves are going to be slightly uh, long, less long. Slightly less long. short. Shorter. Not long. I was trying to say less. <laughs> I was going to say less longer, but that was just, that's the worst English I've ever had. Uh, so the sh- yeah, each of the episodes will be slightly shorter. Uh, let us know if you guys think, if you like the format, slash if you just love Dragon Week, roar. Well, no, you don't even have to let us know that. We already know. We you already love know. it. That's right. Um, Jimmy, can I ask you a question? Oh, yes. What is your favorite thing about dragons? I've been preparing this answer ever since I saw you in the outline, and the answer is everything. (laughs) Everything. Um, I like dragons. My favorite thing about dragons is the... I think it's it's one of the most over... Overly like done sort of clan, if that makes uh-huh. sense. Tribe. And there are, yeah, tribe, and there are dragons of every kind. And I think that's my favorite part is that you can pretty much like usually if you're like, oh, I need a flicker effect, you have to go here for their for this color for that. But for dragons, you can be like, oh, there's a dragon for that. There's, there's, it's like there's an app for that. But, yeah. Oh, there's a dragon for that. <laughs> there's a dragon for hey, that. Hey, that that actually is gonna have a lot to do with my deck. Yeah, I'm excited. Josh, can I ask you something? Yes. What is your favorite thing about dragons? Oh, I like that they burninate everything. Burn. <laughs> 
It's like Trogdor. It is like Trogdor. the countryside, <laughs> burninating the peasants. Someone please make a Trogdor fake card, and it will be Josh's new commander. But there were still dragons! Yes. That is hilarious. I, I agree there. And um, yeah, I guess the, my other favorite thing is that so many dragons are my favorite color, red. That's true. The, I put more red in this deck than maybe any other deck I own. Yeah, if you looked at all our tapped out decks, there's almost no red represented. There's a little, but it's like splash of this, splash yeah. of that, chaos warp fork, wheel of fortune. Okay, that's enough. You know, <laughs> not this one. This one's got a lot of red. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a pretty nice split down the middle for your deck here. Before um, we get into that, though, I want to talk about the Dragons of Tarkir pre-release and release events that we just got done having. Mm-hmm. Jimmy. Woohoo! Jimmy 4-0'd uh, his last pre-release event. Do you want That's to talk about right. that? Yeah, it was really cool. So I had played, um, fortunately at the time, my girlfriend's best friend was also in town. So it was like free weekends. I get to play in a few pre-release events. You played in like four? I played in three. Oh, okay. Uh, four would be, I think four might be a little excessive. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I would never do four. Only three. <laughs> only three. <laughs> I only got to play three of the clans, and actually only played two of the clans. The first time I played, I played Coligan. Uh, he, she, who shall not be named. Sorry, Josh. Kamal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a blast, because I had this deck with uh, these Ambuscade Shamans, which give a creature plus two, plus two when they enter the battlefield, which is totally an EDH card, too, which is awesome. Uh-huh. And I was dashing out these 2-2 two, two imps, and they were swinging for four, and I went 2-1 that night, and I, I really liked it. The next night, I went Silumgar, didn't have as much of a positive experience, and the third and final pre-release... On Sunday morning, I went Coligon all over again, and I foiled the whole thing, which was great. Nice. And, you know, Camel is your spirit color. Yeah, black-red. As much as I dislike her. But I like her in Limited. <laughs> yes. So don't get me wrong. Camel like in Limited in, is yeah. a house. Every a single house. time it landed, if it wasn't destroyed within that turn, it won me the game. Um, we should say that uh, one of the release, pre-release events we went to, we also went with the Space Janitors guys mm-hmm. from episode 34. Um, and, and listener Andy Vincent. Andy Hull... Andy Hole went 4-0. Oh, yeah, that's right. With Andy Selendar. Holbone on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, our one of our listeners, Vincent Trong, was there, and uh, Brendan was there, and uh, everybody had a really good time. Yeah. It was Andy and Brendan's first pre-release, too. Oh, really? Yeah. 4-0, your first pre-release. He's, Pretty great. He's addicted for life. He's a big uh, limited resources listener. So, Marshall, mm-hmm. you can take credit for all of that. Yeah, and mine, too, Marshall, even though I only listened to half the, 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 the review because I couldn't you make it through. You can take credit for half of Jimmy's. <laughs> you get two of my You victories. get one and a half four O's. Oh, yes, good. that is actually pretty darn good. That's value right there. So, really quickly, what have you learned about the limited format for Dragons of Tarkir? I know we're a Commander podcast. Don't worry, we're going to get to that, but, you know, some people are interested. Uh, it was really interesting. I think uh, I think red and black are incredibly strong because they have all of the best removal. There's tons of removal. Not to mention they still have one Fate Reforge pack when you end up drafting this so that means you can still get your pyrotechnics and reach of shadows yeah. so you have access to pretty much the best removal in the entire format and there's a lot of flying and a lot of megamorphs and you want to get rid of stuff because how did you find the format as a whole though i, th- I thought it was really fun yeah. it was way more fun than con's fate um because yes, i totally agree yeah so i had a blast every single time i got to play just because all the cards with the rebound going on and it felt like prowess the sort of what's not called prowess anymore but the idea of prowess was a lot more fun when you got to cast a rebounded card and you yeah know. i felt like there was just so much to do i played mm-hmm. only in only one event uh, and i did go silumgar but man i just felt like i'm gonna play this card i'm gonna sack another card i'm gonna draw cards and then yeah. i'm gonna do this thing i'm gonna flip it up i'm gonna destroy an artifact and then i'm gonna do this other thing and i'm gonna flip that up and i'm gonna get something out of my graveyard like i was just always doing cool stuff yeah it wasn't just like a lot of formats where you're like i play my creature go 
It was like, man, I got all these choices to make. Exploit, I think, is it, it just felt like EDH a yeah. lot of times. Like you were playing these cards with this Deathfin Raptor, and it was coming back because you were remanifesting stuff, and it was, I mean, re-morphing stuff. It was, it was gross. You were drawing so much. We played a couple of games, and I, I lost two of the Josh because we appeared in the second round. I was like, let's play one more. Like my deck can do this. It did not get there. <laughs> I got well, yeah. My deck had so much card draw. There was, was awesome. one game where it was awesome. It was one game where I had uh, I lost this game, but I had seven cards left in my library. I had all seventeen lands out on the table, uh, and and the <laughs> really? other guy, and the <laughs> yeah and the other guy had eighteen cards left in his library. That's how many more cards I had drawn than him. Problem was. He had eight lands out, so nine of the cards I drew over him were lands. Oh, well, that'll <laughs> but still, happen. It was pretty cool. Yeah, you could literally cast two Ugans, though, if you wanted to, right? Yeah, and if I had two Ugans in my pool, I'd be cheating. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> then you can get a foil one and a regular one, right? Oh, yeah, true. Good point. Yeah. My um, bad. So uh, talking about theoretical things, let's talk about the decks that we're going to discuss on Dragon Week. Dragon Week! Roar! We are all Sarkon today. I am... Uh, I'm channeling my inner Timmy. I'm so excited. I don't get yeah. to do that very often. I do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have so a lot to learn, young one. <laughs> you're going to have to be guiding me through this because yeah. I'm sort of new to the Timmy world, but it is fun. Is it big? It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about how we built these. I think the only stipulation that we gave each other was it had to be dragon-focused. Yeah. Dragon-centric. I think dragon as a commander is pretty reasonable yeah. as well. We both picked dragon commanders. Um now, these decks aren't real. We haven't built them physically yet. Uh, we've just gone through the process of building the entire deck online, so you'll have availability to that deck list. But, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to need tuning. You oh, know, yeah, you, definitely. You never build a deck, and you look at the deck list, and then you play it, and it works out how you want it to. Yeah. You would be, well, you'd be in a different level yeah. if you did that. What you usually do is you play it, and you find out if the central idea of the deck is viable. And then you start making tweaks, and you know, around that. Just being like, is this going to work? Like, can it work? Not does it work? Hey, everyone, before we get into the deck tech, there's actually one small interaction that we missed when we recorded this originally, and we misread the text of Scion of Ur-Dragon. You can actually only use his ability once per turn, because once Scion turns into a new dragon, it loses the original ability to pay two and copy another dragon. So anytime we mention changing it twice in a turn, just ignore that. That's actually against the rules. Very sorry about the confusion. This is a good example of what happens when you build version one of a deck and haven't gone to test it yet. All right, onto the deck tech. All right, you want to just dive in? Yeah. So who did you build your deck around, Josh? Well, you know, I mean, I, there was only one I could go with. Can you guess who it is? Uh, does it have three colors in it? No. Well, technically, yes. That's does a good have, point. It does, does it have, have three colors. Does it have four colors in it? Yes. Does it have five? Yes, it does. <laughs> we found Josh's. <laughs> Big sur- surprising no one. <laughs> I went with a Wooberg dragon commander named scion of the ur dragon yeah very nice he's not blue red because he has ur in his name he's actually all five colors yes um let me read him really quick he costs wooberg nice he's a 4-4 flyer legendary creature dragon avatar his ability is you pay two search your library for a dragon permanent card and put it into your graveyard if you do scion of the ur dragon becomes a copy of that card until end of turn then shuffle your library. Hey. So this is... That's pretty sweet. <laughs> he basically is in Tomb mm-hmm. only for a dragon card. Uh, it's it, it's not exactly in Tomb because it right. it's a dragon permanent, but it's basically in Tomb on a stick. 
Yeah, for two mana. For two mana. Repeatable. And you do not have to tap him, notably, when you pay the two mana. So mm -hmm. you can do it and then do it again. Um, so it's sort of a conditional tutor almost. Because yeah. you're finding a specific card and putting it in your graveyard. So it's tutoring, but it's only going to graveyard. But Entomb is a very powerful card. Yeah, and the idea that you can also do this at instant speed if someone's trying to kill your yes. guy, being like, oh, that did so much damage, let me find a guy that will survive that attack. Yes, it's very, very powerful. Uh, it's very hard to go after him when you've got two open mana because they don't mm -hmm. know what cards you've got in your deck. And if they don't, you know... They don't know every dragon that's ever existed, and you can turn them into literally anything. They Unless don't they're know. the Ultra Timmy, they do not know yeah. every dragon that's ever existed, yeah. So it makes me want to build this deck that's got lots of dragons, because it's Dragon Week. Mm-hmm. Rawr! 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 Fire, fire breathing. Oh. Fire. I'm burning the mic up. Uh, spitting hot rhymes. Man, we're good at sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it wants me to put lots of dragons in the graveyard, and then bring all of them out. And set and burninate some fools. Yeah, burninate. I wanna burninate in the countryside. Burninate all the you, other players. You want to watch the table burn, and oh, yeah. you're at the dragon roost, laughing maniacally as it yes, happens. Yes, like Sarkin when he was crazy, not Sarkin now that he's sane. Right. Yeah, because he was more. Like was the he Joker. ever fully sane? I mean, he like now he's tra traipsed through time, and now he has blue in his hair. You know, we can ask this first dragon that I have in my deck if he was ever fully sane. Good call, uh, Nicol Bolas. What do you have to say about that? So the original Nicol Bolas, yeah, the elder dragon, the elderest Nicol Bolas, who um, has always, been. I've always wanted to put this guy in the deck, and I yeah. never found a place for him. I mean, he's the he's the original gangsta. Yeah, like this guy is like the OG. He's for real. Yeah, he's legit. Um, I'll read him really quick. It's going to sound a little bit insane because <laughs> <laughs> this is how they used to make Elder Dragons. He's two, two blue, two black, and two red. So that's eight total. He's a seven-seven legendary creature, Elder Dragon. He's got flying. It says at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Nicol Bolas unless you pay blue, black and red so you have to pay that every upkeep just to keep him on the board but he says whenever nickel bolus deals damage to an opponent that player discards his or her hand Oof. so if it ever hits you your whole hand's gone now how does this work with sign of the ur dragon oh i don't know you attack they don't block you go okay i pay two <laughs> i put nickel bolus into my graveyard and now my sign of the ur dragon is a nickel bolus until i'm turn. discard your hand dude Pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, and you get around the eight mana casting costs of Nicol Bolas. And plus, the upkeep. And the upkeep, and he doesn't... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's brutal. Um, that is brutal. The first time you do that, then every other time after that, you go attack with my sign or the Earth Dragon. They're going to go, block! Block! Yeah, block, block. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to know what is coming at me. Um, and that's awesome because Nicol Bolas... A, he is the original gangster, and B, the, the fact that you can cheat him out like this, and this is something we're going to see recur through the rest of the deck, is pretty awesome. So now remember, we have Nicol Bolas in our, in our graveyard, and mm -hmm. then uh, maybe we, we, we get this next guy. What's the next one? Uh, Draco, or Draco. Uh, Draco. Draco. Malfoy? Draco Malfoy. He's a colorless 16 drop. That's right. You heard it right. He is 16 mana to cast. He's an artifact creature dragon. That's a 9-9. However, he costs two less to play for each basic land type among lands you control. So you're usually going to get at least five discount. Right. Uh, and at best, case. you're going to get 10, so he costs six. Yeah. Otherwise, he's 11 for a 9-9, which is also acceptable. But again, we don't even care about that because right. of our general. 
Um, and he has another Nicobolus type effect. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Draco unless you pay 10, and that cost is reduced by two for each basic land type among lands you control. So there's no upkeep if you have uh, all five basic land po- types in play. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you need a, a forest, a mountain, a swamp. A Badlands will count as a... As both. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so swamp and mountain. Yeah, you just need every land type represented. Mm-hmm. Anyway, again, you're not going to cast them very often. Yeah, I, I, I would be very surprised if you actually cast this guy. Right. Uh, I like Draco. That's another nice little addition here. That's just a, hey, oh, you didn't block? Just take nine. Commander take nine. damage. Yeah. I'll just oh, turn my guy into... right. Because Scion still counts as your commander, even though you're yes. shape-shifting him he's over here. He's huh? just cloned into a Draco for that turn, but he's still your commander. Very nice. The next guy I like is Karthus, Tyrant of Jund. This Ugh. this could be a whole deck, but... Yeah, he is, he is a lot of people's decks. Yeah. yeah, he's four, a black, a red, and a green. He's a legendary creature, dragon. He's got flying and haste when... Karthus, Tyrant of Jun, enters the battlefield, gain control of all dragons, then untap all dragons, and then other dragon creatures you control have haste. So if you copy him with sign, you won't get mm-hmm. to enter the battlefield effect. Right. Uh, which is fine because you might just need the haste. Yeah, and other dragons having haste. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But also sometimes you're going to have this dragon in your hand. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to reanimate him from the battlefield, and then he, you are going to get the untap all dragons and gain control of all dragons thing, and then they'll all have haste. Yeah, and that's a super powerful effect if you, if anybody else has a dragon or two, or even if you just have a few of your own that you want to give haste to. Yeah, definitely. And, and haste, it's just what you want in this deck is you want a bunch of dragons that have specific abilities, and it's sort of toolboxy because you go, oh, I want my commander to have haste this turn, mm-hmm. I go get this guy. Oh, I want my commander to hit for a whole ton of damage this turn, I go get this guy. Oh, I want my commander to have hexproof. I go get this guy. So it's just you have a lot of responses. It's very toolboxy, but ultimately you are still bashing them directly in the face a lot of the time. In fact, this next guy—that's one of your win conditions, correct? Is just to kill them through damage alone. Yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, the next guy is you. You want to read him? Oh yeah, it's a Tarko World Render. So, so this the original Tarko, yeah, not the, the Fate Reforged, not the. Uh, he's the younger dragon. Yeah, he's not the Elder Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> he's a five, a red and green for a six, four flying trample. Uh, however, the most important text by far is whenever a dragon you control attacks, it gains double strike until end of turn. Any dragons that are attacking under your control gains right. double strike. So if you manage Ooh. to get Scion and a couple dragons out, or even just Scion and one other dragon, mm-hmm. or even just Scion, yeah. because you just can go and use his ability, put Atarka in the bin. And then he becomes a target for that turn and attacks for 12 commander damage. Yeah, that's pretty intense. Not to mention, if you do have other guys out, they are all crashing in for a ton of damage. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is one of those guys that you pull out uh, when you want to just win the game in one turn. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I got to kill that guy. Okay. Atarka. <laughs> My guy's Atarka. What are you going to do about it? Oh, yeah. you take 12, you're dead. Yeah. yeah. You take all this damage. Yeah. Um, and that card is just awesome. The deck that I build is kind of similar, but it's got one more color. But Atarka would be another great build around me, General, uh, for if you guys are trying to go the, uh, the sort of the Xenagos route. Yeah, just bash people really hard. Oh, my gosh. Xenagos and Atarka would be... Uh, way too much damage it's what i like about this deck is you can sort of pivot and go into mm-hmm. like super like oh i'm just going to do as much damage to you as possible but you can also go into like oh i got a toolbox and i'm going to find some guys that have some utility yeah definitely. Uh, like the next guy is steel Hellkite. yeah this has got to be one of the best dragons i think Ma- ever yeah. printed for edh it, i totally agree he's a he's a colorless artifact creature dragon six uh colorless mana for a five five flyer he has two abilities one is pay two and steel Hellkite gets plus one plus zero so he's got Two colorless for fire breathing. Mm-hmm. And then also you can pay X and destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost X whose controller was dealt combat damage by Steel Hellkite this turn. 
activate this ability only once each turn. So you can just look at them and they go, oh, you've got three things that cost three mana. I'm going to pay three mana. Yeah. And if Steel Hill Kite hits them, you kill everything. You destroy everything that costs three mana. If they have a thousand tokens, you can actually pay zero, zero. and destroy every single tokens. one of those tokens. Yeah. And yeah. all you have to do is deal combat damage. And like we said, it's really easy to get in with uh, Scion uh, because if they don't block, there's your free Steel Hellcat right there. And Scion has to be one of the scariest things to block. Yeah, because oh, you don't know what we're going to turn it into. Yeah, so very often they're going to be like, "Okay, take it," and then you're going to be like, oh, "I'll turn it into steel Hellkite and kill all your stuff." Yeah, yeah, or I'm going to hit you for a billion damage with a Tarka. And I've played Steel Hellkite quite a bit in a few of my decks, and the thing I found that's the most important is that you only need Steel Hellkite to hit them once mm-hmm. to to essentially to set them. them to destroy them. Yeah, to set them back for pretty much the remainder of the game because. If you know, like, for instance, I remember uh, someone had swords out. He also had uh, lightning greaves and some other things. And with one steel Hellkite swing, it was all eradicated from the board. And that person was out of the game from that point. I mean, it's really hard to come back from, like, five of your permanents die and nobody else's stuff goes away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just so far behind. Yeah, totally. Uh, um, you want to read the next guy? Yeah, this is actually our first Elder Dragon. From I'm gonna, the new... I'm going to put it in quotes because they're not Nicol Elder... Bolas was our first Elder Dragon. Yeah, it's true. This is for the, the first Elder Dragon from Dragons of Tarkir. Uh, it's this... Dragonlord Ojutai. Three, a white, and a blue for a 5-4 with flying. Uh, Dragonlord Ojutai has hexproof as long as it's untapped. And whenever he deals... Com- or she, I'm sorry. Whenever she deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of your library... Put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So that's like uh, anticipate kind of on yeah, the stick. Yeah, it's very toolboxy. So there's a couple things you can do. Obviously, you're there. They go to kill your guy, and you go, oh, "I'll turn it into Ojutai and give it hexproof." Yeah, so they, their spot removal just fizzles. Oh, that's right. Actually, at any point, you could just pull out Ojutai, and, and it's an automatic. it would have to be untapped. Right, right, because she's only a. Uh, 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 hexproof when she's untapped right but then also you can be like well i'm in a tough spot and i need to draw some cards so i'll turn her into ojutai hit them mm-hmm. and draw a card and get a little selection there so yeah it's a pretty good toolboxy thing to do is have ojutai i um, like that a lot the next guy is a house it's scourge of the throne oh gosh it's four and two red for a creature dragon so five five flying it has dethrone which is a conspiracy mechanic if we'll recall if you attack the player with the most life or tied for the most life you put a one one counter on it and then it also has additional text. Whenever Scourge of the Throne attacks for the first time each turn, if it's attacking the player with the most life or tied for the most life, untap all attacking creatures. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. <sighs> nice. So being able to turn Scion into Scourge of the Throne at will mm-hmm. allows you to only use it if there's a point where somebody's got the most life and you can get the most out of two attacks. Yeah. And, and then the awesome thing about Scion is you turn Scion into Scourge. You attack with everything. Mm-hmm. You untap it all. Then you go to your second attack and you turn the scion into something else. So that the scourge, you know, scourge isn't as good the second attack, but a tark is still great. He gives all oh, your stuff right. double strike. And, so then you turn it into something Jeez. else on the second attack. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, scourge is really a house because the fact that you get to choose is really what's so important here. And you get to, you and get you get to change it into between both combats to something else uh-huh. so that you get to get more effect on the second attack than you do on the first. I right. think very often if this deck sticks two dragons and scion, uh-huh. scourge is like go and kill somebody or maybe even win because you might be able to just kill somebody with one attack and kill the other guy with the second attack. Mm-hmm. So um, very cool card. There's a whole bunch of more dragons. We're not going to talk about all of them. This next section... I call it, <laughs> I'm bringing sexy back. Yeah. Because you're putting all oh. these dragons into your 
graveyard. Your graveyard, yeah. Yeah, because and you're turning the Scion into them for one turn, but then it's like they're sitting in the graveyard. You might as well use them. Yeah, and the reanimate effects are actually, I run a bunch of them in my Kalia deck because I find that dragons are often a uh, choice of target, rem target removal just because they are quite often very powerful. And very scary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, and also reanimate effects are generally cheap. Mm -hmm. So it's a way to get a creature that would cost six, seven, eight mana onto the battlefield for one, two, three mana. Right, and that's the power of Entomb, is that yes. it's often much easier to get something onto the battlefield from your graveyard than to, to draw it and cast it. Right. Um, and you can do it much more quickly. For instance, Reanimate is the first one on the board, and it's just a very simple uh, one black for a sorcery. Uh, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, and you lose life equal to its converted mana cost. Yep. So but for one mana, you can sorcery speed put anything onto the battlefield. Right. That's pretty good. And also, if you're going to scourge of the throne, you might not want to be the most life total. So it's another mm -hmm. way to sort of lower your life total to maybe like scourge of the throne them. Yeah, I, I mean, love that reanimate for that. Actually, is yeah. playing with scourge life totals. Um, the second one is loyal retainers. It's two and a white for a human advisor, a one one. It says sacrifice loyal retainers, return target legendary creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate this ability only during your turn before attackers are declared. So we'll notice that a lot of the dragons are Elder Dragons. They're legendary creatures. They're Karthus. Mm -hmm. There's a few other legendary creatures we'll talk about in a minute. Um, Scion itself. Not that you'll ever put it in the graveyard, but if you did, you could get it out. And also, the problem with decks like these, dragon decks, decks that have big creatures, is you end up not really casting stuff on turns two, three, and four, mm -hmm. You know, except for Mana Ramp or something. So and you want to have a couple of options yeah this gives you something to do on turn three that's actually setting you up for something awesome on turn six because yeah. you figure you play scion on turn five on turn six you activate it put something in the bin and then use loyal retainers to cheat it out for free and if you have a haste enabler they could potentially attack that turn. let's too. say the thing was karthus yeah. yeah 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 so then boom although you'd have to change the sign into something else before you did it. otherwise you have two karthus <laughs> listen it'll still work though uh you just have to do Whatever, you guys can figure it out. What I like, too, is you can <laughs> actually enter combat and then sack the loyal retainers, so you don't need to be in your first main phase to do it. It's only before you declare attackers. So you yes. can be in the quote-unquote combat phase before you turn people sideways, and then someone can come back. Because sometimes, usually, entering combat, people will be like, all right, I tap him down. Right. And you'll be like, great, I'm going to use loyal retainers to bring back Nicobolas. <laughs> Have fun with that, buddy. <laughs> you have no hand now. Yeah. I hope you like it. <laughs> Um, you want to read the next one? Yeah, your Tiller Nephilim. Now, when I first saw this on the list, I was like, what is Josh talking about? What is this card? And then I read it, and I was like, this is very nice. It's uh, got a very strange casting cost. It could potentially be like a sign of four-color commanders to come, There maybe? are playgroups where they allow this and a few others to be played as four-color commanders. Oh, interesting. They're not technically legendary creatures, though, right. so it's not a part of the official rules. So he's red, white, blue, and black for a 2-2 creature Nephilim. Whenever this creature attacks, return target creature card from your graveyard to play tapped and attacking. Very nice. And the funny thing is you can only play this in the five-color deck right now. <laughs> we'll get, uh, yeah. Under current yeah, you rules. could never play it in uh, anything that was three-color, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's especially nice in an aggro deck like this because you want to be tapped and attacking. If you're not doing that, then you're something's not going as the right way, right? It's yeah. not as, as you have a, planned. This is a deck that definitely attacks. And uh, also, just cheating stuff out into play is like crazy powerful. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, because you're going to be getting some huge dragon, and you get to choose what that dragon is, because right, you know, when you're about to attack, you just sign of the Ur dragon to yeah. whatever you want that dragon to be, and then you grab it. So it's not like you're getting something random. You're getting exactly what you want at that moment, mm -hmm. you know? So that, that card is super powerful. Um, the last one in the bringing sexy back category 
is Cedrus the Traitor King. Another definitely fun build around me commander. Yeah, this can be a whole deck. This is a great thing about playing five color is you can play all these legendary creatures that would otherwise be commanders. Right. Uh, so Cedrus is uh, three blue, black, and red for a legendary creature, Zombie Warrior. He's a 5-5. Five, five. He just says every, each creature card in your graveyard has unearth for two and a black. So unearth is, it means for two and a black, you can return a card to play. The creature ga- gains haste. And you remove it from the game at the end of turn if it would leave play, uh, unearth only as a sorcery. Right. So you can you can essentially active trees and the guy out of your library, kind of, and then when yes. you're out of your graveyard, and then at the end of the turn it gets uh, it goes bye bye. Yeah. So well, it it gets exiled. Exiled. Yeah. So it's active treasoning, but at the end of turn it gets exiled no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you don't care to use them twice. You're just cheating out a dragon that costs six or seven mana mm-hmm. for only three mana, and it's got haste. And you've already used it once, technically, if you're attacking to turn your scion yeah. into it. And a lot of times you can be like, oh, before on the end step before your turn, I'm going to dump three dragons into my graveyard, and now I'm going to unearth all three of them and attack you with scion and, and three oh, of those Oh, wow, guys. yeah, that's that's a good call. Yeah, so it, it can be just one of those moments where like, oh, I just killed somebody, or I just, mm-hmm. or maybe two people. So it's very powerful. People shy away from these type of effects because they're like, well, then he gets exiled. But it's like, how many times do you have to hit them with the dragon before you <laughs> win the game? Yeah. And it's also like, uh, there have been so many times where I wish I got two uses out of a card. And yeah. this, the fact that I can, it makes me super giddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Cedrus so. is a nice addition here. The next uh, category, I'm just going to call win condition. Yep. So what I found is a group of cards that basically all have the similar effect. And I think they're close to, uh, to they'll win you the game most of the time you cast them. Mm-hmm. And so it's all based around Living End, Living Death, All Hallows Eve. Mm-hmm. They're all basically the same card, and they all basically say, they have different conditions for how they work, but right. they all basically say, take the creatures in play, put them in the graveyard. Take the cre- creatures that were in the graveyard, put them in play. Yeah, and this goes for every every player usually. Yes, usually. Um, but in a deck like this, I, I something tells me that your graveyard's much better stacked than someone else's. Again, the turn before you're going to cast this, you can just dump a ton of, for two mana each, you can put as many dragons as you want in there. Mm-hmm. So you can just make sure your graveyard is stacked. It's one of the few decks I'd say like on turn six or seven, you could legitimately play you know, Living End and have so much power in there that you can just destroy people. Yeah, I play Living End in my uh, Anafenta deck as well because yeah, everybody I'm actively get... stopping them from getting creatures in the graveyard anyway. So, so you're going to pull out all your guys and they're going to get nothing. Yeah, that's... And that's often going to happen if you do this early enough. Mm-hmm. And you can because Scion's allowing you to put things in there. Yeah, they might get a couple of other things back in there. But again, like your dragons are way better than most creatures in general. And the thing that puts this over the top is actually a new Elder Dragon. It's Dramoka, Dragonlord Dramoka from the new set. Mm-hmm. Dragonlord Dramoka reads four, a green and a white. It's a five, seven flying lifelinker. It says Dragonlord Dramoka cannot be countered, but it's the next part. Your opponent can't cast spells during your turn. So here's how this works. I dump as many dragons into my bin as I can. During my upkeep, I activate Scion, put Dramokan in my bin, and turn Scion into Dramoka. For the remainder of the turn. If that resolves, now I'm clear to play Living End, and nobody can do anything about it. Mm-hmm. No one can even counter. No one can spot removal anything. Nope. Or, sorry, Living Death. Living, living End death, takes a yeah, few right. turns. Yeah. And so that just, no, you know you're in the clear. So mm-hmm. you can absolutely cast it, absolutely pull it off, 
and you just right then it's easy to make the calculation of cheese. So whether for you two mana, you get like the safety belt. That's like, hey, have fun. Yep, safety belt of like whatever I want to do this turn, you, no one can stop me. Right. Uh, it's not quite true if they have on board effects abilities. Mm-hmm. Abilities still work, but you know you can see those, so you can look around and be like, there's none of those. I'll yeah. do it. Yeah, definitely. So super powerful. Dramoke is a really uh, incredible card in this deck because you can do that for a number of things and just guarantee that your turn's going to go how you want it. Giving yourself that one free turn yeah. is super useful. I yeah. can definitely see that being very relevant in a lot of games. Um, and then we'll move to the cards you may not think of section. Uh, yeah, actually, there's one from your uh, list that I want to bring up, and that'd be Varash the Hunter. Oh, yeah. He's three and green uh, Sultai, green, blue, black. He's a 6-6, six, six, and whenever he deals combat damage to a player, you may pay 2 in green, and if you do, put 6 plus 1 plus 1 counters on Varash, which means they stay on Scion, Yes. and Varash just hits the bin, which I, when I first saw Varash, I was like, he's all right, and then I read Scion again, and I was like, oh, this synergy is very real. Yeah, this, the counters will stay. Yeah. So now the next turn, you turn him into a Tarka, <laughs> and a Tarka is now a 12-10 double strike trampler. Yeah. So that's... You know, that's gonna kill somebody because if it yeah, hits him, yeah, exactly. it's commander damage. Yeah, so they're just the six, the six uh, one-one counters are worth a lot. Yeah, that's and remember, you're gonna be solid. able, to, you're gonna have a lot of ways to play cards out of your graveyard. This mm-hmm. is that type of deck, so just putting them in the graveyards, they're not gone. Mm-hmm. It's actually making it easier for you to get them into play. Yeah. Uh, okay, cards you might not think of. The first one is conspiracy. Oh. I wonder if the uh, the original expansion of Conspiracy was named after this card. or It wasn't very tribe-related. This is a very it's tribal true. card. It's true. three and two red for an enchantment. It says, as Conspiracy comes into play, choose a creature type. Creature cards you own that aren't in play, creature spells you control, and creatures you control are the chosen type. So it essentially turns any deck into a tribal one by saying, they're all goblins now. They're all dragons. They're all so this. So everything's a dragon. Mm-hmm. So now you can turn Sign of the Ear Dragon into Cedrus. Oh, you can turn, look at that. He can become the Oracle of Moldiah. <laughs> yeah, you can turn him into whatever creature uh, card you've got because it turns all the cards in your library into dragon cards. So tricky, any permanent... Tricky, Yeah. I so, really like that. So then he's like... if I mean, this is maybe the most powerful card in the deck because mm-hmm. your toolbox just grows by leaps and bounds as soon as you get Conspiracy out on the table. Right. So he can become literally anything in your, any of the creatures in your deck. And there are lots of good creatures for him to become. I mean, we're going to go through, uh, still in cards you may not think of. Uh, you want to read the next one? Oh, yes. Uh, Carador, Ghost Chieftain. Again, another, another commander. Very powerful yeah. deck. Uh, and obviously a great fit here. So he's five and Abzan, which is black, green, white for a three, four legendary creature. But he costs one less to cast for each creature card in your graveyard. What are we doing? We're just putting (laughs) creature cards in our graveyard the whole game. Yeah, and during each of your turns, what what else do we want to do? Reanimate them. You can cast one creature card from your graveyard. So Carador allows you to make him cheap to get out and also will recur one of your creatures each turn if you have the mana for it. He's extremely strong in this deck because now you're just pure tutor. Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes he'll just be dropped out for three mana total. For I would say CMC. very often because mm-hmm. you're literally just putting dragons into your graveyard all the time, turning Scion into them. Yeah, yeah. So very strong card. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of that because you rarely see him outside of his regular sort of build around me commander status. So it's, it's kind of cool to see him inside this shell. It's something I tried to do in the deck. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to put all these awesome commanders mm-hmm. that that work with this strategy in here because it allows you to sort of, you're playing half a Carador deck and half of a, this next one, Kalia deck. That's right. So Kalia of the Vast is one white, black, red. She's a legendary creature, human cleric. She's a 2-2 flyer. 
but it says, whenever Kalia of the Vast attacks an opponent, you may put an angel, demon, or dragon card from your hand onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking that opponent. Pretty nice. So she cheats. What are we always saying? Cheating mana cost is good. Mm-hmm. So she just cheats a dragon directly from your hand into play, and it's attacking already. Yeah. And so- she's not your main thing. You know, in a Kalia deck, you're like, oh, crap, kill Kalia as soon as possible. In this deck, okay, fine. That just leaves my Scion just sitting there. Yeah, I'll reanimate her later. I'll get her back with Karador. I don't care. That's fine if you got rid of her for She's one turn. It's not my share. main plan. Yeah, I've got plenty of other backup plans here. Yeah. And that's usually the weakness of Kalia decks is once Kalia is gone, they're just stuck with a grip full of like nine mana, ten yep. mana creatures. Well, and think of this. If you have Conspiracy out, you mm-hmm. turn your Scion into Kalia, attack, drop a huge thing. Yeah. Then you turn your Scion back into something that hits for more than two. Yeah, that's pretty... That's a fantastic, fantastic... Yeah, because after- actually, you could turn the Scion into Kali, attack, and then when they block Kali, because they're like, ha, she's a Tutu, you could turn him into another creature. Turn him into a Tarka and yeah. s- kill the thing and still you know, trample over for another 10 damage. Oh, man. This is getting me excited to play this right? deck. Right? You better build it, Josh. I probably, it's going to cost me a lot of money. <laughs> uh, I know, you've got some of the most famous dragons in the land <laughs> sort of playing around here. And another creature that is very good for. Uh, for, as a commander. As a commander, yeah, and also for grabbing stuff out of your graveyard or using stuff in graveyards is the Mimeoplasm. And uh, Phil, Phil from uh, the Five Commanders has a Mimeoplasm deck, right? Yeah, it's very strong. He's beat us. He's beat me in the head with it a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll read it. Uh, Mimeoplasm is two, a green, a blue, and a black for a legendary creature. Ooze, it's a zero, zero. But as the Mimeoplasm enters the battlefield, you may exile two creature cards from graveyards. If you do, it enters the battlefield as a copy of one of those cards with a number of additional 1-1 counters on it equal to the power of the other card. So this doesn't even have to be your graveyard, but it usually will be. Mm -hmm. You pick a big creature, and it gets that many counters, and you pick a utility creature, and it gets those abilities. Yeah. It basically becomes like, let's say, Kalia, but the size of a Tarka. Yeah, so it mixes and matches two creatures together to create this weird ooze... Awesome. ...awesome thing that is all of a sudden flying. It creates a Trogdor, basically. Yeah, (laughs) it really does. It's it's got giant buff arms and it's breathing fire. Yeah, it does create Trogdor. But it's still a dragon! It is still a dragon, and it will barely get off the ground because that ooze is quite heavy, but it does make it it over. Um, Yeah, Mimeoplasm is a great great include in this deck i'm a big fan of that in here as well just because it's another way to recur your creatures without actually Recurring getting them, them physically out of the graveyard yeah and the fact that it says any graveyards means that sometimes you're just going to get an oracle maldaya that is also like a 10 10 yep exactly because <laughs> you're just randomly going to get somebody's awesome thing yeah pretty much um speaking of which is the oracle maldaya in this deck josh yes okay good just checking yeah, oracle check. maldaya is one of the best mana ramp cards in history and it doesn't ask that much of you yeah it really doesn't especially because yeah. it's just two colors yeah. um another card that you may not think of is a new enchantment from fate reforge it is frontier siege three and a green for an enchantment and when it enters the battlefield you can choose cons or dragons uh, at the beginning if you choose cons it has this ability for until it gets you get rid of it or uh, you can flicker it Con says at the beginning of your main phases add green green to your mana pool so in the full turn that's four green mana total right which you is excellent ramp first main one on the second mm-hmm. and then dragons whenever a creature with flying enters the battlefield under your control you may have it fight target creature you don't control turns every one of your creatures into a 187 yep everything's a fling tongue kavu or something yeah it is very powerful um and either mode is good if you're early in the game and you want mana 
you you get the mana side. If you're mm-hmm. a little bit later, and now every single one of your creatures comes in and kills something. Yeah. Super, not, super powerful. Not to mention, if you play this on your first main phase, it pays for itself, essentially. It, it'll essentially only cost two mana, considering you have something else to do with that mana to, to, to cast. Yeah, it's it's a very good card. Yeah. Um, um, definitely much better for EDH than it is for Constructed, like Limited or Standard and all that. And then the last one we're going to have in this section that we're going to talk about is Xenagos, God of Revels. Um, very strong. We talked. We did a whole episode about Xenagos deck. I'm just going to read them really quick. It's a god, three, a red, and a green for a legendary creature, enchantment creature, sorry, god, six, five, has indestructible. As long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven, Xenagos isn't a creature, but this is the real big part. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of combat on your turn, another target creature you control gains haste and plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is that creature's power. I can just think of a Tarka here, just double striking for 24. You're just dead. Yeah. And you can tutor, you can get a Tarka anytime you want because you can turn Scion of the Ur Dragon into a Tarka anytime Mm -hmm. you want. So you, once you have Xenagos out, you can just, you can literally, anybody that can't block you, they're just dead. Yeah, I like that because Xenagos really fuels the uh, engine here and he does yeah. it for free. That's why these god cards are so good is because it's, effect, it's an effect that happens that you don't have to pay anything for it. Yeah, it's just free. He just does it. And he's giving everything haste from the rest of the game. It's very yeah. strong. Um, so we're not going to go through everything with this deck. We're not going to go through the normal things we would go through, like uh, how to fight the deck and how to fight what they're using to fight you. And that's mm-hmm. simply because it's a version one. And a version one, I'm not worried about that stuff yet. I'm going to tune the deck to that. What I'm worried about is, does the central conceit of the deck function? Right. So the central conceit of the deck is, I get Sign of the Ur-Dragon out, I put a bunch of dragons in my graveyard, and then I all of a sudden use a living end or living death type effect mm-hmm. to bring all of them back in one turn and just destroy everybody. So is that idea going to work? You know. And then my second sort of B storyline for the deck is, it also has a toolbox right. aspect to it. So does that work? And what other tools do I wish I had? So I got to play it a few times to figure that out. And just see out. if the tools are also adequate or if you have too many. Because that is a fine balance. A lot of times you go, balance. oh, I don't need this many tools that do damage. I mm-hmm. only need two th- things. And I wish I had one more thing that protected it. Or I wish I had one more thing that right. you know gave me mana. You know, my big thing about this list is I probably don't have enough ramp and I probably don't have enough card draw. It's true. It's interesting, though, because since you have Scion out there, he is becoming any dragon you want. You don't have to cast it, but you will have dragons sitting in your hand, so a Gilded Lotus or some kind of ramp is always, I guess, nice. You yeah. do have the Lotus in there, but I'm thinking actually maybe you would want like the Signets and stuff, so you, yeah, can, get, you can get Scion out a little earlier. Yeah, it's really going to take the tuning of like exactly how many dragons do I need, do I want, which of these other creatures do I need. Mm-hmm. I might not need Carador and Kalia and Mimeoplasm and Cedrus. That might be overkill. I might lose two of those, put in some two mana ramp cards there. Mm-hmm. You know, That's kind of how you continue to tune the deck is like, because it might just be overkill. Like, I don't need 16 things that bring stuff out of my graveyard. Right. I just need, you know, I just need to get one. Yeah, and you have to realize, like, they're awesome cards to have, and it, and it fits within what you're trying to do. But if you draw that, like, turn one, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, gonna, exactly. It's going to be sitting in your hand for a while. And it's a six drop, so. Yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. Um, I really like the uh, the living uh, living death route where you just get to kill everyone because this is also anti-board wipe. Someone wipes the board, you're like, fine. Living death, now what? Living death, let's get ready to rumble. Here come <laughs> the dragons. <laughs> Here come the dragons. Uh, not to mention that Wizards has printed at Uncommon one of the best Tutors ever for dragons. Yep. It's Sarkin's Triumph, two in a red for an instant. You get to search your library for a dragon creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand, and shuffle your library. 
pretty good. It's another red tutor, and it's, I mean, it's really good for three mana if you have a dragon to search out for it. And I think this is definitely, like, this is a love letter to EDH players right here, more so than the Elder Dragons themselves. Yeah, is the, way more so. Is the Draconic Tutor. Yeah, Draconic yeah. Tutor. I like yeah, that's There's the other one other card from Dragons I'd like to call out. It's Dragon Tempest. Yep, this is in my deck, too. It's yeah. so good. It's one in red for an enchantment. It says, whenever a creature with flying enters the battlefield under your control, it gains haste until end of turn. So it gives all your dragons haste. Sorry, anything with flying haste. Yeah. And then when a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, it deals X damage to target creature or player where X is the number of dragons you control. Jeez. So you can just start mowing stuff down depending on how many dragons you're able to stick at once. And potentially just mowing down the player as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool card. Uh, a lot of the new cards fit into decks like this. I think a lot of people are going to be trying to build dragon decks. I'm excited to build this one. Yeah, I'm excited to see it too, especially when you get cards like Debtor's Nell out there, which is four and a uh, white, black, white, black, white, black, so seven four, total. three hybrid Orzhov. Three hybrid Orzhov, yeah. And the beginning of your upkeep, put target creature card in a graveyard into play under control, under your control. So it just freely takes something from Jeez, your graveyard and puts it in play. anyone's graveyard, yeah. that, for that matter. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's, and it's, you don't have to pay mana cost. It's just you pick one, and it comes out under your side. And it doesn't die at end of turn or anything. That, that's your that's creature. That's yours, yeah. yeah. Not to mention, if you have this out before you're about to cast Living Death, you can get rid of the most problematic things from other people's graveyards and for that one em. turn. And just get them. Yeah. 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 Jeez. Well, this deck is a beating. It looks like a beating, and it looks like you could also have a lot of faces turned towards you and trying to eliminate you quickly. I think that's probably true. I, I think the uh, the... The one thing that we may see true for all of our dragon decks is the political aspect is very much, hey, guys, don't worry about me. I'm just hitting you for 20. <laughs> it's not a big deal. <laughs> thing is, there's a good tool ba- toolbox aspect to the deck, so you may be able to handle some hate coming at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It surprised people, you know, by like, oh, I turned my sign onto this, and all of a sudden yeah. it's like not what they expected, and you might be able to survive. Not to mention that to really beat this deck, they're going to have to run Graveyard Hate, but on top of that, Scion always doesn't really matter because he can still fetch it from your library. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, he, it doesn't matter if it's in the graveyard yet. Scion's going to go find it. So yeah, it's, have, it's hard to combat specifically. I mean, Anafenza would make it pretty... Oh, well, no, that's only right. from, Is it from players or from anywhere? From anywhere. Yeah, so yeah. Anafenza sort of screws it up, mm-hmm. but just don't play against Anafenza. Don't, yeah, don't... That's the strategy there. Yeah, but even then, like, I think Scion still triggers, right, even if it doesn't go into the graveyard? No, if you do, yeah. yeah. So, so that does, Anafenza does actually actively stop Scion from going off. If you have Anafenza in your playgroup, you're just going to have to run um, other specific answers for it. Yeah. Uh, so this deck is fantastic. Again, one of the hardest things about doing five-color decks is the land base. But fortunately, And I did lay out a full land base just because I knew mm-hmm. that was going to be a thing. Yeah, there's a lot of great cheap lands here that are the three-color lands, like Crumbling Necropolis and I stuff. purposely didn't put a single dual land in there because that's not realistic for most people. Yeah. Yeah. And and thanks to cons of Tarkir, there are lots of lands for you to use in these decks now. You have at minimum five that you're going to be able to get just from that set alone. Yeah, you and, have the five tri-lands, mm-hmm. and then you get the five tri-lands from Shards of Alara that are not very expensive. Yep. And then you get the five refuge lands if you want from cons. Uh, that's already 15 of your lands, so you can actually build a five-color mana base uh, for relatively yeah. inexpensive. Now, it's not going to be you know, optimized, but you don't need optimized, trust me. I yeah. play a lot of decks that don't have an optimal mana base. They have a lot of lands that come into play tapped, and they still play just fine. Yeah, they do great, actually. Every time you play a five-color deck, I'm always amazed. I'm like, how is every single 
time, Josh, by like turn five, he has all five colors. <laughs> and it just means having a bunch of these trilands in there. Those are really the big ones. Because yeah. having three out of the five colors in a single thing is super important. It's so. worth a ton. And people shy away from it because it comes in play tapped, but it just doesn't matter that yeah, much. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, if it's just a gate, a guild gate, then yeah, it's not that great. But if it can tap for three different colors of mana, it's, it's definitely worth it. Heck, I'll play a guild gate. I'm not above it. Yeah, me neither, me neither. Okay, well, let's move on to the end step. So we're just going to do one end step per person for these next two episodes because uh, we can't think of that many cool things every week, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have one each per week. Yeah. Uh, uh, you want to go or you want me to go? Uh, you go for this one because it's right. your deck. There, okay, this is going to be a callback to an old end, to an old end step oh, okay. and a new one. So there's a show on HBO called The Jinx. A lot of people are watching it. Oh, my it. gosh, yeah, it's so it's good. It's so good. If you, if you can and you haven't watched The Jinx, you need to watch it. Yeah. It's about, just quickly, it's about sort of an, a billionaire family member guy who's implicated in like three murders mm-hmm. uh, across the U.S. It's very, very interesting. He was actually caught and then escaped conviction. Uh, not escaped, but he got off got on off one of them. Multiple times, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, he's been in the news a lot. So if you, and then I wanted to say, if you've watched that show and you like it, mm-hmm. there is a podcast I talked about uh, on our very first end step called Serial Podcast. Serial, yeah. And if you like the Jinx, you'll love Serial Podcast. And if you listen to the Serial Podcast, you'll love the Jinx. So I just want to make sure that, you know, any of the people in yeah. the, on the planet that like one but haven't watched the other, go watch it. Those things line up very good. Very good call. Yeah. And it's not just us hyping it up. Don't be like, oh, it was too hyped up. As I found with documentaries, when they're good, they're good. That show is unbelievable. The last yeah. episode, you're like... Your hair's on fire. Yeah, you're screaming at the TV. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I've had I've heard some amazing things of how people watch it and just their reactions in general. And the the news that is happening literally right now, it's so relevant. So if you have a chance to watch it sooner rather than later, I would I would recommend doing it now. And there's only six episodes, so it doesn't take mm-hmm. a long time. We watched it all, my girlfriend and I, over the course of two nights. Yeah, so. and they're very well produced. And I just I love good documentaries. So yeah. that's that's a great end step. Very nice. All, All right. right. So uh, just a quick reminder, uh, you know, we're on this big push to get the show out there. So please tell your friends about the show if you're enjoying the show. You know, that, that helps us grow. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to tune into the second episode of Dragon Week, Rawr! which is going to be this Thursday. It's going to be another deck tech, uh, my deck tech. Spoiler, it's a dragon. Uh, and it's a fun, <laughs> I was gonna is say, it Trogdor? It is Trogdor, and we're burninating across the Trogdor land. Trogdor was um, <laughs> Actually, he was a dragon. <laughs> there will be a lot of burninating with my deck, that's so for late. sure. Um, and also, let us know what you guys think about the new shorter episode format, if you guys like it or not. We're just sort of testing it out for this Dragon Week in particular, but if you guys like it, we may continue the trend down the line. So post in the comments, send a tweet at us, and of course, follow us on Twitter at Josh Lee Kwai and at JF Wong. We do lots of giveaways. Uh, we also retweet all of them so everyone can see the awesome polls that everyone's been getting. And follow the show at CommandCast. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. We will see you next Thursday for the second installment of Dragon League. Thanks for listening. Peace. See ya. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to CommandCast at RocketJump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, 
Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.